The Book of Enoch, found within the Dead Sea Scrolls, quoted by Jude, taught from by Peter and our Messiah, this great text was preserved for the end times generation, a guidebook for those coming out of Mystery Babylon, coming out of Egypt and her ways into the true service of our Elohim. Join us as we read through and study this amazing gift line by line. Shabbat Shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream of our Book of Enoch line by line series. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. Today, we are at part 19 of our study, which brings us to chapters 72 through 82, which is all about the calendar. That's right. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the calendar. The Book of the Courses of the Heavenly Luminaries is in my understanding and opinion at this time, the calendar. If you want to understand the calendar, Enoch is where the Most High preserved that. And, you know, about the calendar, I find it it is an important topic. Um, you know, at the core of it, our desire to walk in the right calendar it should be at least a pure desire, which is, well, we want to do it on the right days. If we want to, we've a lot of us have come to a point where we want to do the Sabbath. We want to do uh, the feast days, and the Book of Jubilees says that they celebrate these feast days in heaven. So it's like, if we're on His calendar, if we're on His timeline, His clock, then we have an opportunity to do it when He's doing it and when they're doing it in heaven. And you know, these feast days, these are called Moedim. The Hebrew word is Moedim. These are appointments. And who wants to be late uh, or super early to an appointment? Well, early is not bad, but, you know, in in our human world. But when it comes to his appointed times, we want to be on time. We want to be there when we're supposed to meet him. And so that desire, well, that should be at least our desire of wanting to get the calendar right, you know. Uh, Paul talks about how some people dote over certain topics just to just for strife and contention. Um, and, you know, in the calendar realm, that's possible. Um, but one thing I want to say before I get into this, you know, whatever I share with you tonight, this is where, this is my understanding that I have at this time. It's subject to change. When we are doing this Enoch series, I knew we'd eventually come to this, you know, book of the, the courses of the heavenly luminaries. And I was going to take an opportunity to re-examine the calendar. And so this is my apologies on why it's taken, I think this is almost a month since the last time we did an Enoch study. Uh, I took my time on this. Uh, I really wanted to re-examine the calendar from the ground up and um, if you know the current calendar I was keeping needed to go out the window in favor of something completely different I was open to it um, but nevertheless you know as we discuss these topics like the calendar and the name and what books are scripture and what aren't you know things like that if we destroy our brother or sister over it if like we tear them down and beat them up over it I think we've really missed the point of all of this. I think it is exciting and important to get the calendar right. I want to get it right. And if you're watching this, you probably want to get it right. But if we destroy each other in on that journey to get it right, I think we've totally missed it. So 
Let us have patience with one another as we all continue to grow. A lot of us are in different places at different times in our walk of where we are in our journey to him. Um, so let's be circumspect of that as we discuss these uh, very sensitive topics, the calendar being one of them. So with that being said, uh, we're going to get into it. So before we do, quick show for our blast uh, and a prayer, and we'll get right into Enoch 72. That's right. Praise him with the sound of the shofar. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, Abba, we just come before you and bless you in your son, Yahushua's name. Father, we thank you for calling us out of the world. Thank you for showing us the lies of this world and how we're not to be a part of the world. Even though we're in the world, we're not of the world, Father. We're of you. And we just thank you so much for showing us truth in these last days, for showing us your true son, Messiah Yahushua. Thank you for drawing us unto him. And we just ask that you would open our eyes and ears to hearing your word, Father, and to help us uh, with your word as we go through this most sensitive topic. Father, all our desire is to celebrate your feast days on the right day. And we ask these things in Messiah Husha's name. Amen. And Shabbat Shalom to you. So here we are, the book of the courses of the heavenly luminaries we have arrived and this will be covering chapters 72 through 82 now uh, in the midst of these chapters we will skip a few because we've covered a lot of these in great detail when we talked about um, the four winds and uh, what was the other one the seven mountains so we're going to focus primarily on the courses of the heavenly luminaries so <clears throat> chapter 72 and i will be stopping sporadically periodically so if you're looking for a straight read through of this um i would re highly recommend brother jake grant's um reading of this i'll try to make sure to leave a link for that so the book of the courses of the luminaries of the heaven the relations of each according to their classes their dominion and their seasons according to their names and places of origin and according to their months which uriel the holy angel who was with me who is their guide showed me and he showed me all their laws exactly as they are and how it is with regard to all the years of the world and unto eternity till the new creation is accomplished which endures till eternity so that was a long uh first verse but there's so much to to dissect just in this first verse and we have to we have to stop here and talk about it because um i really i really i'm so interested in getting this right and i i would just we, there's so much in this first uh verse here that if we skip right past it uh i think um this sets the stage for the rest of um calendar talk so it talks about so th this this is the calendar discussion and it's saying here uh it's talking about the luminaries plural right of heaven the relations of each show they interact with each other so we're talking about the sun the moon the stars and they interact with each other um their classes their dominion their seasons according to their names according to their months so as we're going to learn there's going to be solar months there's going to be lunar months um, and how they come together showed me all their laws so it's not just the law of one luminary but it's the laws of multiple luminaries being the sun the moon the stars um and this is actually confirmed here 
in Genesis 1 14 through 18 and Elohim said let there be lights and if you look in the Hebrew this is plural let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them if you can do this on your own research if you look at the Hebrew here this is plural let them be for signs and for seasons this is the Hebrew word moedim which is the appointed feast the the calling of the assemblies and for days and for years so <clears throat> In our first page of our Bible, the Most High says that them, plural, sun, moon, uh, and stars, as we'll see, uh, are for the calculation of his calendar. So if you want to get his calendar right, we have to understand all the luminaries. And let them, plural again, be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And Elohim made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And Elohim set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And Elohim saw that it was good. Tov. So, you know, in, in doing a lot of research, I, I've, I've seen a lot of the videos. A lot of you sent me videos. Hey, Adam, check this video. Hey, Adam, check that video. You know, this calendar. This is the, I think this is the right calendar. This is the right calendar. And what I've noticed, um, you know, what I've noticed quite a bit is you'll have people that will take historical accounts of like, oh, you know, the Babylonians, they used um, the moon. And, you know, so therefore the moon is bad, right? And, you know, they worship the, the moon. So therefore, if, if we use the moon for the calendar, then we're, you know, participating in Babylonian worship and things like that. And I have to tell you, you know, um, we have to be careful stuff like that because, you know, Babylonians didn't make the moon. Though they worship it, it doesn't change the fact that Elohim made the moon for its, you know, for its purpose, as we'll learn here shortly. Uh, and he called the moon good. You know, on the flip side, people worship the sun you know, therefore, if we use the sun to help calculate the days and uh, so on and so forth, does that make us, you know, sun worshipers? Well, well, no, we're just using the luminaries for what they're for. So if we use the sun, the moon, and the stars for what they're for, that's not worshiping it. That's just using it for its intentions. So wanted to just set the stage uh, with that. Uh, we talked about the uh, relations of each, uh, how they relate to each other. Um, also want to talk about this Testament of Naphtali, uh, Testament of Naphtali, which was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. It says, For as the potter knows the vessel, how much it contains and brings clay accordingly, so also does Yahweh make the body after the likeness of the spirit, and according to the capacity of the body does he implant the spirit. And the one does not fall short of the other by a third part of a hair. Now listen, for by weight and measure and rule was all the creation made. So, um, one of the things I really took a look at uh, when, when re-looking at this calendar is I really wanted to take another look at the solar calendars because the really most the most popular alternative to a loony solar calendar has been the solar only calendar using a 364 solar only calendar and you know a lot of people will take jabs at the moon which will, will cover a lot of those things but the way Yah made that the way the Yah made that moon right was for by weight measure and rule was all the creation made so it was thought out it was planned it's precise and we'll talk about that just uh, here in just a minute um so it also says here that this calendar that is found here in enoch or the courses of the luminaries which is how we calculate the calendar 
Um, it'll stay this way unto eternity until the new creation is accomplished, which is New Jerusalem, and, and which endures till eternity. And that's why we see that in New Jerusalem, they have no need for the sun or for the moon. Um, it's going to be different. So until we are literally in New Jerusalem, um, if we're found worthy to be in there, this is the calendar. And I believe we're still in that time frame right now. Uh, let's see. What else? <clears throat> um, okay. Yeah, we'll, for time's sake, we'll skip that. So I just want to set the stage that the preface to everything else we're getting to read or about to read shows that this is a this is a a book about all the luminaries not just the sun all right chapter or verse two and this is the first law of the luminaries the luminary the sun has its rising in the eastern portals of the heaven and its setting in the western portals of heaven so now we're so now we're going to be talking about the law of the uh, the sun excuse me and I saw six portals in which the sun rises and six portals in which the sun sets. And the moon rises and sets in these portals and the leaders of the stars and whom they lead, six in the east and six in the west, and all following each other in accurately corresponding order. Also many windows to the right and to the left of these portals. And in my opinion, I believe these are the, the uh, 12 constellations. And it talks about how each constellation has a leader, which is true. If you look at all the constellations, each constellation has a major star or, or a leader star of each of those 12. So um, let's see. And one thing I wanted to make mention here, let's read this. This is chapter 2 of Enoch. Let's, let's um, remind ourselves of this. Observe ye everything that takes place in the heaven, how they do not change their orbits, which is true. Um, and this is something that, you know, we'll get into a little deeper topic about is when we look at the book of the courses of the heavenly luminaries in Enoch, we'll start to recognize that what mainstream science and, and the education system in general teaches us about um, really where we are, what Earth is, um, you know, what is... You know, what is the, the, you know, what are the stars? What is the sun? What is the moon? How far away are they? Um, how do they move? Does Earth move? Um, you'll notice that the book of Enoch completely dismantles uh, the current scientific globe model, which I don't agree with. Um, and what we'll be looking at is a geocentric Earth with the heavenly bodies moving around the Earth. So, Observe ye everything that takes place in the heaven, how they do not change their orbits, and the luminaries which are in the heaven, how they all rise and set in order, each in its season, and transgress not against their appointed order. So he's talking about the sun, the moon, the stars. They each have their designated courses, and they follow it continuously, 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 faithfully, as we'll see the scriptures also say that uh, the luminaries are. Behold ye the earth, and give heed to the things which take place upon it from first to last, how steadfast they are, how none of the things upon the earth change, but all the works of Elohim appear to you. Behold the summer and the winter, how the whole earth is filled with water, and the clouds and dew and rain lie upon it. So everything stays in its season, right? You know, uh, spring comes around, summer, uh, fall, winter, they all these seasons keep coming around. Sure, it can be hotter one year, a little colder, you know, one year, so on and so forth, but in general, the, the creation just continues. If you, you know, speaking of a, of a cosmology perspective, you know, did you know that the star Polaris has never moved? It stayed in the exact same place uh, for 
thousands of years, how all the stars and all the constellations stay together, group together forever. They don't disband. They don't just, you know, so if we were hurling through infinite space at breakneck speeds, you know, something would move eventually. Um, you know, when I say move is, you know, drift apart or something, but it doesn't. Um, if I'm already losing you, if some of this sound, stuff sounds crazy to you, uh, if you go to our playlist section, uh, there is a playlist called Biblical Cosmology Basics. Um, I, I'd highly recommend it for you. Uh, some of the stuff we may talk about uh, here going forward may not make sense. Um, if you're still of the understand, understanding that um, the Earth is one of several planets that spin around the sun at breakneck speeds, uh, some of this stuff is just not going to make sense. I'm not. I'm not making fun. I'm not uh, condemning. I'm just saying that it just that perspective may not make sense when we're getting ready to talk about some of these things. So, if you need to pause this and 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 go watch that, I'd highly recommend it if you, if you need to. Um, okay. So, and the leaders of the stars and those whom they lead, six in the east, six in the west, and all following each other in accurately corresponding order. Order. Sorry. Also, many windows to the right and to the left of these portals. So, verse four. And first there goes forth the great luminary named the sun. In the Hebrew is Shemesh. And his circumference is like the circumference of heaven, which this is a very interesting um, topic. We we spoke about uh, the, the surrounding this verse for like an hour. Um, what's it called? Uh, I think we called it um, New Jerusalem and the Hollywood Deception or something like that. Um, but that's for another time. So, so the circumference of the sun is the, is the same circumference of heaven. Heaven being, in my opinion, New Jerusalem. And he is quite filled with illuminating and heating fire. The chariot on which he ascends, the wind drives, and the sun goes down from the heaven and returns through the north in order to reach the east and is so guided that he comes to the appropriate portal and shines in the face of heaven. So this is where I'm like, hey, uh, it may not make sense to you of what's going on here because we are taught that the earth is spinning on the sun. The sun is, um, you know, it's the earth that spins around the sun. Well, here we just, if that didn't make sense, what we what was just read to you, um, this is what it's talking about. It talks about how it goes from the north to the east to the south to the west to return to the north again. Um, let's, uh, let's say that again. So the chariot on which he ascends, the wind drives and the sun goes down from the heaven and returns through the north in order to reach the east and is so guided that he comes to the appropriate portal. So this is what it's explaining. Let me maybe zoom in a little bit here. This is kind of, so this is talking about how it goes, uh, from the north to the east, right? And just rotate. So this is not a perfect model. This is just giving you a representation of what Enoch is explaining. He's explaining how the sun traverses the face of heaven, right? And shines in the face of heaven, right? This would be the face, right? <clears throat> and in general, I'm going to see if this will pull up. Let's see. So in general, his clock this is not maybe a perfect representation, but just to show you how everything works together. The sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons, the constellations. This is a basic representation of how everything just works together. And this is what his clock would look like. But we're going to describe that 
just a bit. Okay. So, verse 6. In this way, he rises in the first month in the great portal, which is the fourth, those six portals in the east. And so, we'll stop there for a second, right? So, here is what we need to, here's what I want to show you. So, these are what the portals or gates are like. So, we saw this, how the sun has its movement on the face of the earth. Well, here are different gates. And this is, uh, I'll try to help explain this. So um, the fourth gate is what we would call the equator, right? This, this, when the sun is in this portal or gate, this is the spring and fall. So as the sun moves closer, you'll notice it gets closer, and this is why it gets hotter. So like, let's say we're here. Okay, so I'm, we're broadcasting from right here in the United States, right here-ish. So if the sun is here, it's not as close. But as the sun moves closer, this is summer, 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 right? This is the, this is the summer equinox. It comes closer, and then it's going back out to fall, into winter, and then back spring, summer, fall, winter. And we'll explain that a little more in detail if that was just way too fast. You're like, what are you talking about? I want to explain what this is talking about. So in this way, he rises in the first month in the great portal, which is the fourth. So this is the fourth portal. This is what brings in spring. So remember earlier we talked about solar months, lunar months. So in this solar month, so when in the sun enters this gate, right, it begins the first 30 days, which starts the spring. And in that fourth portal from which the sun rises in the first month are 12 window openings from which proceed a flame when they are opened in their season. When the sun rises in heaven, he comes forth through that fourth portal 30 mornings in succession and sets accurately in the fourth portal in the west of heaven. And during this period, the day becomes daily longer and the night nightly shorter to the 30th morning. So what he's talking about is when it enters this portal, right? It's here for 30 days. And it, the sun is, so the sun is traversing, or actually this way, the sun's traversing, right? And like each day, it moves in a little bit. So then the next day it'll be, I'm not doing accurate representation here, but it'll be a little closer. And then the next day, it'll, be, it'll rotate here. And the next day here, and here, here, for 30 mornings until it enters into the fifth gate, which we'll talk about. So as, and so what it's saying here is, as it's moving towards the fifth gate, right, the daylight is longer and the nighttime is shorter. Because if we look at this, right, if we look at this, if we look at this here, the further... I can't stop it, but the so like let's say the sun was to be out here, there would be a further travel and there'd be less light here. But if the sun is closer, there'd be more light and less darkness, if that makes sense, hopefully. <clears throat> On that day, the day is longer than the night by a ninth part, and the day amounts to exactly ten parts and the night to eight parts. And the sun rises from that fourth portal and sets in the fourth and returns to the fifth portal of the east 30 mornings and rises from it and sets in the fifth portal. So the, the beginning of the solar year was when the sun crosses into the fourth portal. It's here for 30 days and then goes into the fifth portal. 
That's what we just read. And then the day becomes longer by two parts and amounts to 11 parts. And the night becomes shorter and amounts to seven parts. And it returns to the east and enters into the sixth portal and rises and sets in the sixth portal one and 30 mornings on account of the sign. And the sign is uh, the uh, summer solstice, if you will. So we saw he went 30 days here, entered the fifth, and then 30 days enters into the sixth portal. For 31 days. And on that day, the day becomes longer than the night, and the day becomes double the night. And the day becomes 12 parts, and the night is shortened and becomes 6 parts. And the sun mounts up to make the day shorter and the night longer. So now, so, um, so it went all the way here. That's his peak, and now it's going back out. So now the daylight is going to decrease. And the sun mounts up to make the day shorter and the night longer. And the sun returns to the east and enters into the sixth portal and rises from it and sets 30 mornings. So, 30 mornings. 30 mornings. Right? And it stays here in the sixth portal and then starts coming out. And when 30 mornings are accomplished, the day decreases by exactly one part and becomes 11 parts and the night seven. So I want to see if I can actually show this to you and give you an accurate representation of what this looks like in Stellarium. Stellarium is the, um, uh, it charts the sun, moon, and stars. And I'm going to see if I can give you a good representation of what this actually looks like. Bear with me just a moment. I'm going to set this up. Let's see here. Stellarium. There you are. Okay. So we're going to do. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. And I'm going to show you the. Okay, so here we go. So you'll notice. Oh, do I have this the wrong way? Where is. Forgive me. So you'll see here, so so what I'm doing is the months are going by, and you'll see how the sun, as look at the months. So here we are at like a peak, and, and this would be what we understand as July. It's So let's say it's, it's closest here, and then as the months go out, the sun goes further away to a peak at, uh, in December, and then starts coming closer and further away and closer 
and further away. And you can see this. It's just the same. So we're just going year after year. And you can see it's just closer, further away, closer, further away, closer, further away. I hope that makes sense. If I just confuse you even more, please forgive me. I'm trying to do my best to explain a very intense topic. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the word. We'll come back to Solarium a little bit. There's a couple of things I want to show you. And this, so verse 17, and the sun goes forth from the sixth portal, right? So it was in here for basically 61 days. Sun goes forth from the sixth portal in the west and goes to the east and rises in the fifth portal for 30 mornings and sets in the west again on the fifth portal. So went to the, it went from the fourth to the fifth to the sixth to the sixth, back to the fifth. So it's coming in closer, 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 and then further away, further away, further away. So now we're in the fifth portal again. On that day, the decreases by two parts and amounts to ten parts, and the night to eight parts. And the sun goes forth from that fifth portal and sets in the fifth portal of the west and rises in the fourth portal for one and thirty mornings on account of its sign and sets in the west. And the reason we have the thirty-one mornings is because when we have an equinox or a solstice, we have an intercalary day. So the the month the sun has months perfect months of thirty, except for uh, it has uh, an extra day for the spring. Um, the spring um, equinox, the summer solstice, the, the fall equinox, and the, the winter solstice, there's an extra day. So now, so it's it went from the 4th to the 5th, to the 6th, to the 6th, to the 5th, now back to the 4th. So now it's fall. And on that day, the day is equalized with a night. And as we know, um, when it's spring and fall, you have the, um, at least the beginning of such, you have equal parts of daylight and uh, nighttime and yeah, and night. And it becomes equal length, and the night amounts to nine parts, and the day to nine parts. And the sun rises from that portal, and sets in the west, and returns to the east, and rises thirty mornings in the third portal, and sets in the west in that third portal. So now it's getting further away, right? So now it's getting colder, because the sun is not as close. Uh, but that's also why you have opposite weather in uh, the southern hemisphere. So if you notice, if you ever like, like look at... Uh, um, your, uh, let's see, if you look at your uh, weather, uh, weather thing. So I think I have it on here. So if I look at like, um, yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know if you can see this. So if you look at like Buenos Aires right now, can you see this in here? Can you see that? So it's like super cold there. It's like winter there. Because right now, Right now, we're right now. We just had the summer solstice, I think, two days ago. So the sun is here. I, and this may not be a perfect representation. The, the summer solstice could be like right here. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to give you um, a visual of what the sun is doing. But nevertheless, the sun is up here. So that's why it's colder down here, and that's why you'll notice uh, when it's winter time for us. For us, uh, it's summertime down for them here. That hopefully that makes sense. <clears throat> uh, where are we? 
Okay, so verse 22. And on that day, the night becomes longer than the day, and the night becomes longer than the night, and day shorter than the day till the 30th morning. And the night amounts to exactly 10 parts, and the day to 8 parts. And the sun rises from that third portal and sets in the third, third portal in the west and returns to the east, and for 30 morning rises in the second portal in the east, and in like manner sets in the second portal in the west of heaven. So, pretty simple. It's gone from the third to the second portal. And... 24. And on that day, the night amounts to 11 parts and the day to 7 parts. And the sun rises on that day from that second portal and sets in the west in the second portal and returns the east into the first portal for 1 and 30 mornings. So now it sets in the most, the most uh, furthest away, at least for us here uh, in the United States and in other areas. Um, it's furthest away. And that's why we have, um, uh, you know, this. that's the winter solstice. That's where the sun is at its lowest point. Um, that's why, yeah, it's just the shortest day of the year because the sun is further away from us and there's less light. This is not a perfect representation. I wish I could stop this, but if you would imagine the sun, right? So this is, this is probably representing going across the equator right now. It's equal, right? But if the sun was traversing a path out here, this is why it would make it colder here. And this is why it would make the day shorter. And that's why also why if the sun comes in a closer revolution, that's why it would be hotter here. And that's why the day would be longer and the night shorter. And it's also why when it's here, um, there's I think there's a couple days of the year where Alaska has a 24-hour sun, right? And it can only happen on this kind of model where the sun would be rotating around here and for these really northern or center portions of the earth, that's why it would catch almost 24-hour sunlight. This, this almost gives you a representation, right? So like someone like right here. Anyways, okay. Verse 26, and on that day, the night becomes longer and it amounts to the double of the day and the night amounts exactly to 12 parts and the day to six. And the sun has therewith traversed the divisions of his orbit and turns again on those divisions of his orbit and enters that portal 30 mornings and sets also in the west opposite to it. And on that night has the night decreased in length by a ninth part and the night has become 11 parts and the day seven parts. And the sun has returned and entered into the second portal in the east and returns on his divisions of his orbit for 30 mornings, rising and setting. So basically what's happening here is um, the sun stays in the sixth portal for two months and the sun stays in the first portal for two months. So it's like it moves fast and then it slows down here. And it starts moving fast again, coming out, and then slows. Verse 30, and on that day, the night decreases in length, and the night amounts to 10 parts, and the day to 8. And on that day, the sun rises from that portal and sets in the west and returns to the east and rises in the third portal for 1 and 30 mornings and sets in the west of heaven. So now it's coming back. Right now, so now we're talking about in the third portal. And on that day, the night decreases and amounts to nine parts, and the day to nine parts, and the night is equal to the day, and the year is exactly to its days, 364. So <clears throat> when we're talking about solar-only calendars, these are some of the verses that they'll use and say, hey, look, this is it. The sun, 364, that's it. But remember, 
all this prefaced was this, uh, was that, uh, where is it? Well, nevertheless, this is talking about the law of the, yeah, here we go, verse 2. And this is the first law of the luminaries, the luminary sun. So the only thing we're talking about right now is the law of the sun. We're not talking about all the laws. We're not talking about all the calendar. We're talking about just, he's explaining just how the sun works. This isn't a full explanation of how the whole calendar works. This is just how the sun works. And yes, I believe perfectly the sun has a 364 uh, perfect rotation and the length of the day and of the night and of the shortness of the day and of the night arise through the course of the sun these distinctions are made and are separated so it comes that its course becomes daily longer and its course nightly shorter and this is the law and the course of the sun not of the whole calendar but of just the sun and his return as often as he returns 60 times and rises the great luminary which is named the sun forever and ever and that which thus rises is the great luminary, and is so named according to its appearance, according as Yahweh commanded. As he rises, so he sets, and decreases not, and rests not, but runs day and night, and his light is sevenfold brighter than that of the moon, but as regards to size, they are both equal. And this is why we have, uh, we can have a solar eclipse. You know, um, science, uh, the world teaches us that the, the sun is 400 million miles away, but the the uh, and it's, you know, humongous and the moon is only 238,000 miles away, but it just so happens that they work out to be a perfect, perfect match as far as circle. And that's why you have, you know, a, um, uh, a solar eclipse uh, once in a while, the moon will be as it, as it crosses over, it will cross right in front of it and I'll have, you know, cover the whole thing. Um, and I believe it's because what it says here, but as to regards to size, they are both equal size. I believe they're both equal distance and both equal size. That's what the book of Enoch teaches. Um, so speaking of what we just read about the sun, I want to read some uh, parallel passage in the scriptures. This is Psalm 19, and it says, The heavens declare the glory of Elohim. And the firmament shows his handiwork. So when we look up, we can be like, wow, that's his handiwork. The sun. Don't look at the sun, you know, at midday. I wouldn't recommend it. However, uh, maybe uh, um, one hour, like, there's like a little window right before sunset uh, and right after sunrise. Just a little bit, you can look at it, the sun. But outside of that, don't look at it. Um, you can look at the moon. You can look at the stars. It's his handiwork. And it declares his glory. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. So there's knowledge in the uh, in the, the moon, the stars. There's uh, speech. The sun, the sun speaks, right? Um, in the prayer of Azariah, I think it is, is um, it says the sun and the moon praise him. I believe it. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them has he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Hold on. That might have gone too fast. In them, right? So in the firmament, in the firmament has he set a tabernacle. A tabernacle is like a housing for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to a race. His going forth, this is the sun, is from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat of it. So it is saying that the sun has a circuit. And if we look at the definition of a circuit, uh, an act or an instance of going or moving around, a circular journey or one beginning and ending at the same place 
around. And this is exactly what Enoch is explaining, how the sun traverses his course and goes on a circuit, day night. Doesn't stop. This is what a circuit is. This is what Psalm 19, 1 through 6 is explaining for the sun. We can look at Jubilees 2. Jubilees 2, 9 says this. And on the fourth day, he created the sun and the moon and the stars and set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon all the earth and to rule over the day and the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And Elohim appointed the sun to be a great sign on the earth for days and for Sabbaths and for months and for feasts and for years and for Sabbaths of years and for jubilees and for all the seasons of the years. Now, people, I think people may misuse this verse and say, that's it. See, Jubilee says the, the, the sun is the only thing we use for everything. Uh, and I'm here to say, I, I believe the sun is the base for everything. Because if you didn't have the sun, you could not have days. If you don't have days, you can't have weeks. If you don't have weeks, you can't have months. If you don't have months, you can't have years. And so on and so forth. And if you don't have a day, you can't calculate when the feast days are, regardless of any of the other luminaries. If we use the moon and the stars and didn't have the sun, we could not calculate anything and i believe the sun is the great luminary which enoch talks about it's the greater of the other two luminaries and surely its purpose is paramount but to isolate the sun only and say only we only use the sun for the calculation of the calendar i think we might need to we might need to keep reading on and just bear with me if you don't mind please so don't forget genesis 1:14, plural let there be lights. Let them be for signs and for Moedim for days and for years. Don't forget. Okay, we got through chapter 72. Let's go to 73. How are we doing on time? Let's see. Woo, okay, we're doing all right. All right, chapter 73 of Chanuk. Now, we just read about the law of the sun. Sun is pretty easy. It's other than the four inner calorie days where we have one extra day for the, the solstices and, and the equinoxes, it's pretty simple. It just does the same thing over and over again. The moon, it's a little different. But let's talk about it. 73 of Enoch. And after this, I, after this law, so after the law of the sun, I saw another law dealing with the smaller luminaries. So if we want to get the calendar right, Enoch is explaining all the laws, and it's not just the law of the sun, the law of the moon too. Dealing with a smaller or inferior luminary, because we know it's not smaller because we just read that their size is the same, which is named the moon. So the moon has laws too. And her circumference is like the circumference of heaven, and her chariot in which she rides is driven by the wind, and light is given to her in definite measure. So precise, as we read in the Testament of Naphtali earlier, uh, for by weight and measure and rule was all the creation made. And her rising and her setting change every month. So here we're getting a sneak peek of what the moon is for. We saw earlier the sun had a month, has its months, and so does the moon. The moon has months as well. And her rising and her setting change every month. And her days are like the days of the sun. So the, the, the moon has days too. 
And when her light is uniform, i.e. full, it amounts to the seventh part of the light of the sun. So when the moon is full, it's one-seventh as bright as the sun, or the sun is seven times brighter than the moon when it's full. Uh, <clears throat> and verse 4, and thus she rises. And so, and this is how she rises. Rises, And her first phase in the east comes forth on the 30th morning, and on that day she becomes visible and constitutes for you the first phase of the moon on the 30th day together with the sun in the portal when the sun rises. So what this is basically saying is um, at the end of the 30th day, right, she, be, she starts to go into the first phase of her rising. And the one half of her goes forth by a seventh part. And her whole circumference is empty without light with the exception of one seventh part of it and the 14th part of her light. So one 14th part of light is the beginning of her rising. So there is also some debate out there, <clears throat> even in the lunisolar calendar discussions. So people that understand we use the sun for the days, we use the moon for the months. And that's how we're able to calculate the, uh, the calendar. There's some discussion whether it's the blank conjunction moon or the new moon with the first visible sliver. And if if we believe Enoch is scripture, which if you're still with me at this point, you probably do, um, Enoch starts to tell us here what the first day actually is. So when the first visible light, the 14th, a 14th of light shows up, that's the beginning of the new month. So let's see that again. And the one half of her goes forth by a seventh part, and her whole circumference is empty without light, with the exception of one seventh part of it and a fourteenth part of her light. And when she receives one seventh part of the half of her light, her light amounts to one seventh part and the half thereof. So a fourteenth. So she gets a fourteenth. So <clears throat> we'll stop here real quickly, just in case you're like, Adam, no way. You know, it's a solar only. Um, the moon is Babylonian. We don't use it. Um, you know, you're wrong. Let's talk. Let's let's look at a couple things. Let's look at Psalm 104:19. And forgive me for my internet speed here. Um, all right, Psalm 104:19. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows his going down. So what is that? Let's take a look at that. So we're going to corroborate that the moon has her place in the calendar. He appointed the moon for seasons. And what is this Hebrew word? H4150 is moed. Eventually it'll show up. This is a uh, camper life out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so this is the, this is the, this is the uh, word for feast days, for the congregation for feast days. So if we want to properly calculate the calendar, we have to use the moon for seasons. And the only way to do that is to use the moon for months. And we'll explain that here in a second. So just to continue on the, the feasts. So the moon, he appointed the moon for seasons from Moedim. Leviticus 23, 4-5. These are the feasts, the Moedim of Yahuwah, even the holy convocations, which he shall proclaim in their seasons in the 14th day of the first month at even is Yahuwah's Passover. So if we want to properly calculate it, we have to understand the months and we have to understand the law of the moon. We can't just say it doesn't make sense or it, you know, it, it falls behind the sun 10 days and uh, things like that. It's too hard. It doesn't make any sense. 
I don't think that's a good excuse. Let's let's show a couple more uh, scriptures. This is the book of Sirach, also known as Ecclesiasticus. Uh, this was included in the 1611 KJV, the 1599 Geneva, uh, and many other, the Slavonic, the, um, and many other canons of scripture. This was considered scripture for a long time. Only in the 1800s with the dispensational movement did they remove this from the Bible. Uh, so this is uh, Sirach, Ecclesiasticus 43, 6-8. He made the moon also to serve in its season to mark the times and to be an everlasting sign, everlasting sign. From the moon comes the sign for the feast days, a light that wanes when it has reached the full. The month is named for the moon, increasing marvelously in its phases, an instrument of the host on high, shining forth in the firmament of heaven. So this is saying the moon is a good thing, right? He made the moon. He made the moon also to serve it's in its seasons. So if he made the moon to serve for the feast days, how can we just completely dismiss it? We can't. We have to just understand it. We have to slow down and say, hey, there's a way that this works out. Um, some people would say uh, all over the scriptures where it says new moon that the word there in Hebrew is chodesh, that it doesn't mean new moon. It just means a renewal, right? So it was translated, Chodesh was translated um, 254 times as month or new moon. Um, so there's a couple things I like to say to that, you know, and, and I'm not here to, um, I'm not here to um, make fun of anybody for any calendar they do, but I really, this time around, I really wanted to take another look at the solar calendar because a lot of people are on it and I can understand why. There's a lot of verses, it's like, you know, um, there's a lot of decent arguments for it, and I and I get it. And one of the a lot of it hinges on Chodesh meaning something other than you know new moon or new month, um, and the the moon not having any connection to the month. So let's take a look at a couple of things. So this is the Hebrew word for moon. This is Yareach, right? And then we have another Hebrew word, yara. So we have yareach is moon, and yarach, which was used for month. And this is what I believe Ecclesiasticus is pulling from, that the month is named for the moon. They're named after. We have to admit, yareach and yarach are very, very similar. They're actually spelled the same. So it's only with the additions of the vowel points did this actually even probably even become a different word. So look, this is the Hebrew word yareach for moon, and this is yarach for month. And you'll see one of the uses here. Actually, we'll look at it. We'll see here that, and the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that it was a goodly child, she hid him three yarach, yarachim, three months, th essentially three moons. You could say, well, maybe they're in Egypt and they were keeping an Egyptian calendar. Eh, maybe. The scriptures really could have cleared that up here. So Exodus 2 2. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three moons, three months. We could have been cleared up here in Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And you look at the Greek word here, uh, for months, it is this it is the the Greek word for months. So, 
any case, I just want to share with you some of the scriptural um, backing for using the moon for the months, which is what we're starting to read about here. So he's talk so Enoch is explaining the phases of the moon now. So verse seven, and she sets with the sun, and when the sun rises, the moon rises with him and receives the half of one part of light, and in that night, in the beginning of her morning, in the commencement of the lunar day, the moon sets with the sun and is invisible that night with the fourteen parts and the half of one of them. So let's see what that looks like here. Oh, I got to change over the screen share. I'm going to show you. Um, I'm going to show you Stellarium again. I'm going to show you what this looks like. Ooh, okay. All right, so let's go. We're at 2042. Let's go. I know in this year it was the new moon was April, I think, was it first? Or was it the second? Yeah, the second, okay. So this is what it's talking about. So let's, sh let's show you this. So it was talking about how when the sun sets and the first phase of the moon starts, she has one fourteenth part of light here. And this is what this is what it looks like. Because the sun and the moon are both moving. And what happens is the let's see here, let's so as the sun sets right, as the sun sets, this becomes the first phase of the moon as it's describing right now. Let's do this. Let's see if I can. We'll zoom in on. Whoa, what's all that? Stop that. Okay. So what we'll see every day here, the moon falls behind. So the sun moves faster than the moon. The sun moves faster than the moon. So what we'll see here is each day this the moon falls behind falls behind and then boom it crosses over and then the new moon start the new month starts falls behind falls behind falls behind so if you notice up here this is the days changing right here so roughly every 29 to 30 days the moon does the same cycle over and over and over and over again And so after it crosses over, you'll see this is that beginning phase of the moon. It happens every time. All right, so, this, so the sun's moving, the sun's moving. The moon falls behind it a little bit every day. Oh, it went too fast. Right, so crossed over again. Happens every time. Every time.
So you can see here. So this we're gonna we're gonna keep it the same time of night every day. So we'll see the moon falls back, falls back, falls back, falls back. And there she is again. So this would be the next month. This will be the next month. There she is again with that new sliver. Okay, let's go back. So that's what's describing the new moon. All right, let's go back to <clears throat> okay, so, and she rises on the day with exactly a seventh part and comes forth and recedes from the rising of the sun and in her remaining days she becomes bright in the thir remaining 13 parts. So then each day the moon starts to grow. It goes from that little sliver and eventually grows, or not grows, but the, the light continues to be given to her every day until she becomes full. And let's see. Okay. Now 74. Okay. <clears throat> and I saw another course, a law for her. So that last chapter was a law for the moon. The next, this chapter is a law for the moon. So we see the, the moon has a lot more components to it than the sun. The sun is very basic and easy to understand. The moon is a little, a little more difficult. I'm just going to be honest. But we can't just throw it out because it just doesn't make sense. We have to be Bereans about it. And I saw another course, a law for her, and how according to that law, she performs her monthly revolution. So it's very clear here in Enoch that the moon has a purpose for the months. And all these Uriel, the holy angel, who is the leader of them all, showed me and their positions, and I wrote down their positions as he showed them to me, and I wrote down their months as they were, and the appearance of their lights till 15 days were accomplished. In single seventh parts, she accomplishes all her light in the east. And in single seventh parts, she accomplishes all her darkness in the west. So all the rising of the moon is in the east, and then the setting or the, the diminishing is in the west. And certain months, she alters her settings, and in certain months, she pursues her own peculiar course. So uh, what that's saying in general is the sun follows the same pattern all the time. But the moon, like, jumps around, like in this gate to that gate to this gate she doesn't follow the same course the sun does that's part of the reason why she falls behind the sun that's why it's slower that's why the sun moves faster the moon well because the sun is like that steady pace steady going the moon's like boom 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 here <clears throat> in two months the moon sets with the sun in those two middle portals the third and the fourth right third and the fourth she goes forth for seven days and turns about and returns again through the portal where the sun rises and accomplishes all her light. And she recedes from the sun and in eight days, the sixth portal from which the sun goes forth. And we saw earlier in Stellarium how the sun, the moon recedes from the sun. And it just goes behind, behind, behind. And when the sun goes forth from the fourth portal, she goes forth seven days until she goes forth from the fifth and turns back again in seven days into the fourth portal and accomplishes all her light. And she recedes and enters into the first portal in eight days. So you can see how if she was like here, here, and here, like all in one month, right? And she returns again in seven days into the fourth portal from which the sun goes forth. Thus I saw their position, how the moons arose, and how the sun set in those days. 
And if five years are added together, the sun has an overplus of 30 days and all the days which accrue to it for one of those five years when they are full amount to 364 days. Um, that's based off of the 360 day solar versus the 354 lunar, which is um, which would be a difference of six days times five years would be 30 without the intercalary days. But um, if this wasn't confusing enough, uh, we'll, we'll and in just a moment, we'll add back in the four intercalary days and we'll see that the moon uh, actually falls behind 10 days every single year. So without the intercalary days, uh, it falls behind six days every year. But with the intercalary, it falls behind 10, 10 days every year. I'm sorry if that's still confusing. Why they have this part here, um, not sure. But everything has its purpose. Okay, so and verse 11, And the overplus of the sun and of the stars amount to six days. In five years, six days every year come to 30 days. And the moon falls behind the sun and the stars to the number of 30 days. And the sun and the stars, now listen to this. So you'll, in, if we read the index of this, I think we talked about this when we were talking about chapter 71, is when we see the bold, the author changed the, the changed it to, to their understanding. So, and the sun and the stars bring in all the years exactly so they do not advance or delay their position by a single day unto eternity, but complete the years with perfect justice in 364 days. So this tells us right here that's actually not what was written here. That was the uh, translator, R.H. Charles, because he probably didn't understand the calendar back then, uh, decided to change that. But we'll actually read um, uh, what it's supposed to be. That was Enoch 74. Yeah. So what's actually written is the moon brings on the years exactly that their stations may come neither too forwards nor too backwards a single day, but that the years may be changed with correct precision in the 364 days. So it is actually the moon is like the regulator because how all the pieces work, the, the sun, the stars, and the moon all move at different paces. And without the moon regulating or bringing in all the years, things can go adrift. We can go adrift from the calendar very quickly. So the moon acts as the regulator. So let's read this again. The moon brings in all the years exactly that their stations may come neither too forwards nor too backwards a single day, but that the years may be changed with correct precision in 364 days. So it says that the years may be changed with with correct precision in 364 days. When this, this brings up the topic of the 13th month, and this is the biggest argument that um, the solar-only calendar um, – believers will bring up is ah there's no there's no talk of a 13th month um you know so there's that which yes and no up until recently i would i would have been like yeah you're right i mean you got me there uh, that's the only way we understand how this works which this is to me at least you know we, we know that people can read the same verse and come to different understandings uh to me when i read this if i just break it down it says the moon brings in all the years exactly so the moon is for the months and it also regulates the years that their stations may come neither too forwards nor too, nor too backwards a single day. So the moon acts as like the regulator, making sure that, you know, the sun doesn't go too far or too backwards, or, or the, the sun doesn't go too far or the stars too backwards uh, or the months, but that the years may be changed with correct precision in the 364 days. So the moon apparently acts as a regulator and does some changing to make everything work out. 
which the 13th month does. The If you're unfamiliar, if you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm just new to this whole calendar thing. Um, because, and we'll read about this shortly, because the sun has a, a yearly orbit of 364 days, um, or a yearly cycle of 364, the moon has a yearly 354-day cycle. Um, it's a 10-day difference. So what happens is, every roughly every three years it's not precise sometimes it's two or three years but roughly every three years you have to add in a 13th month because if the moon falls behind 10 days of the sun every year well after three years the moon is you know you're you're a whole month off your whole month away but then you add that 13th month back in and now you've caught back up and then after three years you're 30 days behind again and you catch back up with the 13 days or the 13th month, excuse me. And for those of you that are like, ah, there's no 13th month, there is a piece of evidence in the book of Ezekiel that I would really love to show with you, show you, share with you. So, um, and then here a little bit, let's see, where are we right here? Okay, so we'll keep reading. And the sun and the stars bring, so we know it says, actually says the moon. So, so R.H. Charles probably was reading this. And he's like, how does the moon bring in the years? That doesn't make any sense because he's only used to a, a solar calendar at that point. Uh, and so he says, and the, he said, and the sun, but it really is red. And the moon and the stars bring in all the years exactly so that they do not advance or delay their position by a single day unto eternity, but complete the years with perfect justice in 364 days. And that's what's interesting about the 13th month is if you do, if you employ it that way, then it, the as an average, it ends up working out to 364 days every, every year, if that makes sense. So, because if you do the, the years and the months based off the moon, You'll fall behind 10 days every every year, but after three years, you add a 13th month of 30 days, it equals out. It equal It's an equalizer. Uh, verse 13, in three years, there are 1,092 days, and in five years, 1820, so that in eight years, there are 2,912 days. For the moon alone, the days amount in three years to 1,062 days. In five years, she falls 50 days behind uh, to the sum of 1770, there is to be added 1,062 days. And in five years, there are 1,770 days, so that for the moon, the days in eight years amount to 2,832 days. So why is he telling us this? If it's a solar-only calendar, why do we even need to know all these things? Why, If it's a solar-only calendar, and I'm just asking, for those of you that are doing a solar calendar only, um, I, I love you. Um, and, and whatever calendar you follow doesn't change uh, my love for you and desire to fellowship and to be brothers and sisters in Messiah. But my question to you is, if it's a solar-only calendar and Enoch is the honeypot for the calendar, let's just be honest, this is where it is. The calendar was not preserved in the Torah. For whatever reason, the Most High didn't put it there. He put it here in Enoch. In a couple of verses in the in the, the Tanakh, and a couple of verses, maybe in Jubilees, that, that kind of, you know, share a few things. But this, let's just be honest, this is where the calendar is. Why would he have two chapters dealing, with, only one chapter dealing with the law of the sun, and two chapters dealing with the law of the moon? Why would he tell us how many days there are in five years, or in three years for the sun, and also tell us in three years for the moon? Why would he tell us these things? Well, because I believe they both have a purpose. They both have their part to play in it for in eight years she falls behind to the amount of 80 days and all the days she falls behind in eight years are 80 and the year is accurately accurately completed in conformity with their world stations and the stations of the sun which rise from the portals through which the sun rises and set 30 days so conformity right what's the word conformity mean it's to be in agreement 
the sun and the moon ha and the stars have to be in agreement, and that's what this calendar teaches. Let's also read this uh, verse here in the Ethiopian. The year then becomes truly complete according to the station of the moon and the station of the sun, which rise in different gates, which rise and set in them for 30 days. So if we want the true calendar, I'm sorry, I don't want to use those words. If we want to understand the calendar that Enoch teaches, that's what it says. It says the year then becomes truly complete according to the station of the moon and the station of the sun. You need both. And that's why we feel, that's why I feel led and many others feel led to do a calendar that consists of using the moon, the sun and the moon. So let's cover Jubilee 6 now because a lot of people will say, wow, Jubilee 6 says the moon messes everything up. Well, let's just, let's, let's dive into that for just a second. Jubilee 6, 34. Um, actually, let's read a little early. And command you, the children of Yashrael, that they observe the years according to this reckoning, 300 and what's, you know, reckoning, this is what we were talking about earlier, 364 days, and these will constitute a complete year, and they will not disturb its time from its days and from its feasts, for everything will fall out in them according to their testimony, and they will not leave out any day nor disturb any feasts. But if they do do neglect and do not observe them according to his commandment, and this is where we're talking about the law of the sun and the law of the luminary. These are commandments if we're trying to keep the calendar. He said, if you want to keep calendar, these are the laws. Then they will disturb all their seasons and the years will be dislodged from this order and they will disturb the seasons and their years will be dislodged and they will neglect their ordinances. And that's exactly what we're talking about. This is the ordinance of the moon, the ordinance of, of the sun. The ordinance means law. And they will neglect their laws. There, right? Plural. Not its law. They will neglect its law, their laws, their ordinances. And all the children of Yashael will forget and will not find the path of the years, which is what we're reading about right now in Enoch. And will forget the new moons and the seasons and the Sabbaths, and they will go wrong as to all the order of the years. For I know, and from henceforth I will declare it unto you, and it is not for my own devising, for the sephir, the book lies written before me, and on the heavenly tablets the divisions of the days is ordained. And let's not forget, let's not forget, um, let's not forget that this is the book of the courses of the heavenly luminaries. Right? For the book lies written before me, and on the heavenly tablets the visions of the days is ordained, lest they forget the feasts and the covenant, and walk according to the feasts of the other nations after their error and after their ignorance. For there will be those who will surely make observations of the moon, how it disturbs. I would love to see this Hebrew word of how this was translated. They will make observations of the moon, how it disturbs the seasons, and comes in from year to year ten days too soon. And this is exactly what we just read in the book of Enoch right here, that the moon comes in ten days too short, right? In three uh, in three years, right? She's 30 days behind, right? From 1,092 in the sun, 1,062. Five years, she falls 50 days, right? In eight years, she falls behind 80 days. So... Enoch is confirming that the moon will fall behind 10 days. So it's not like the moon is doing something wrong. The moon is doing exactly what the what Yahweh made her to do. 
how the moon, how it disturbs the seasons and comes in from year to year, 10 days too soon. For this reason, the years will come upon them when they will disturb the order. The people will disturb the order. The, the moon doesn't disturb the order if you follow its ordinances. For this reason, the years will come upon them when they, the people, will disturb the order and make an abominable day, the day of testimony, and an unclean day, a feast day. And they will confound all the days, uh, the holy with the unclean and the unclean with the holy, for they will go wrong as, as to the months and the Sabbaths and the feasts and the jubilees. For this reason, I command and testify to you that they may testify to them. After your death, the children will the children will disturb them. So it's not the moon, right? The moon didn't do anything wrong. Yahweh made the moon to be to to have a pace of ten days behind the sun every single year, but He's told us how to reckon it, and I'll share that with you. So they will not make the year 364 days only, and for this reason they will go wrong as to the new moons and the seasons and the Sabbaths and feasts, and they will eat all kinds of blood with all kinds of flesh. So it's the people that disturb them. The, the scriptures call the, the moon a faithful witness, a faithful witness in the heavens. We read earlier, Sirach 43, he made the, he made the moon also to serve in its season, to mark the times and to be an everlasting sign. From the moon comes the sign for the feast days, a light that wanes when it has reached the full. If we're not, brothers and sisters, if we're not using the moon for the months, it's impossible to use it as a sign for the feast days. The month is named for the moon, increasing marvelously in its phases, an instrument of the host on high, shining forth in the firmament of heaven. So it's the people that disturb them, the children disturb them. They will disturb the order. It's not the moon that does that. It's because they're not properly calculating the 10-day difference. So the 13th month in Scripture. Let's talk about it. So deep within the raging sea of calendar discussions is the topic of the 13th month. If you're unfamiliar, when using the sun and moon to calculate the feast days, a situation arises. There is a 10-day difference between the sun and the moon yearly. Enoch teaches the sun has a yearly trajectory of 364 days, while the moon has a 354-day repeating pattern. Because of this, a 13th month is added approximately every third year for the moon to catch back up to the sun. So I'm going to argue that there is no scriptural evidence to support this. However, today I'd like to let the word do the teaching through the prophet Ezekiel. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chebar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of Elohim. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Yehoiakim's captivity. That's Ezekiel 1, 1 through 2. So, we must establish time. Ezekiel is writing on the fifth day of the fourth month of the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. It will make sense why this is important shortly. The visions and prophecy given to Ezekiel in this passage continues until chapter 3, verse 14. So this is still, right, this is still the fifth day of the fourth month of the fifth year. So the spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, but the hand of Yahuwah was strong upon me. Then I came to them of the captivity of Tel Abib and dwelt, that dwelt by the river of Chebar, and I sat where they sat and remained there astonished among them seven days. Now Ezekiel 3, 14-15. So he began to have this vision on the fifth day of the fourth month of the fifth year. Then he sat astonished for seven days, bringing us to the twelfth day of the fourth month. Here's a visual for what we, for where we are thus far. 
So this is the fourth month of the fifth year. So it's the fifth day of the, I'm sorry, the fifth day of the fourth month of the fifth year, right? So this is seven days. So right now we're at the 12th day of the fourth month. So then in verse 16, the word of Yahweh begins to proclaim more. And it, began, and it came to pass at the end of the seven days, so this is 12th day of the fourth month, that the word of Yahweh came unto me saying, this scene continues in chapter 4 where he is given precise and peculiar instructions. You also, son of man, take yourself a tile and lay it before you and portray it upon the city, even Jerusalem, and lay siege against it and build a fort against it and cast a mount against it. Set the camp also against it and set battering rams against it round about. Moreover, take unto yourself an iron pan and set it for a wall of iron between you and the city and set your face against it. And it shall be besieged, and you shall lay siege against it. This shall be a sign to the house of Israel. Lie also upon your left side, and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. According to the number of the days that you shall lie upon it, you shall bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon you the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days, 390 days. So shall you bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when you have accomplished them, lie again on your right side, and you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Judah 40 days. I have appointed you each day for a year. Therefore, you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem, and your arms shall be uncovered, and you shall prophesy against it. And behold, I will lay bands upon you and you shall not turn you from one side to the other till you have ended the days of your siege. Ezekiel 4, 1 through 8. Ezekiel was told to lay on his side for 390 days and 40 days, equaling 430 days total. Keep in mind, he is told specifically not to even turn from one side to the other, let alone stand up or sit down. The next date we receive is found in chapter 8. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of Yahweh Elohim fell there upon me. Ezekiel 8.1. That may not even be like, okay, well, so what? We first started in the fifth day of the fourth month in the fifth year. But now, after Ezekiel's 430-day endeavor, have arrived at the fifth day of the sixth month in the sixth year. Here is where it gets interesting. If Ezekiel kept a 364-day solar-only calendar, he would have broken Yahuwah's commandment to remain lying down for 430 days. Let me show you. So, this is the fifth year, and this is a, assuming a solar calendar. So, remember, we started the fifth day of the fourth month, but he sat seven days astonished. So the soonest he could have obeyed Yahweh's word and the soonest would give the benefit of the doubt that would, would, would be benefiting the solar calendar the sooner Ezekiel started. So let's say he started that day and all the provisions were brought to him and he can start laying down that day. So the fourth the 12th day of the fourth month of the fifth year. So here's the fifth month. One month has passed, 30 days. Two months have passed, 60 days. So this is the sixth month. The seventh month, three months have passed, 90 days. The eighth month, four months have passed, 120 days. Ninth month, five months have elapsed, 150 days. The tenth month, six months have elapsed, 180 days. The twelve, the eleventh month, uh, seven months have elapsed, 210 days. The twelfth month, eight months have elapsed, 240 days. Now we're into the sixth year. The first month, nine months have elapsed, 207 days. The second month, um, 300 days to 10 months have elapsed 30 300 days right third month 
11 months have elapsed, 330 days. The fourth month, 12 months have elapsed, 360 days. The fifth month, 13 months have elapsed, 390 days. Now here at the sixth month, 14 months, uh, uh, 14 months have elapsed. So if you notice here, um, we're, we're short, right? Only 413 days have passed when Ezekiel's sitting in his house. He was supposed to be lying down for 430 days. You may be like, well, come on, so what? Well, not so what. If he told Ezekiel to lie down for 430 days, not even to turn from one side to the other, we know he wasn't supposed to be sitting. So if this was a, if Ezekiel kept a solar only calendar, he would have transgressed here. So we have two options. Either Ezekiel transgressed the command from Yahweh to lie on his side for 430 days, or he did not keep a 364 day solar only calendar. The only way Ezekiel could have kept the command of Yahweh without transgression and the text making sense here is if there was a 13th month added in the fifth year. Let's take a look. So here we are, same thing. Fifth year, <clears throat> Jehoiakim's captivity. And this is assuming a 13th month loony solar calendar. So this is assuming that this was a year that a 13th month had to have been added. If that's So if that's making sense, because remember, um, it said that on... It said that on the in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, he was sitting in his house. And as we just saw here, if it was a if this was a normal 364 day year, he would have ended too early, right? 14 months, 420 days have elapsed. Note, uh, the count ended on the fifth day of the sixth month. Ezekiel 8:1. Only 413 days have passed when Ezekiel was sitting in his house. He was supposed to be lying down for 430 days. So let's take a look at a loony solar perspective of this same scene, assuming there was a 13th month added this year. So here we start again, the 12th day of the, the fourth month, because remember, everything started on the fifth day, but he sat astonished for seven days and then got the um, um, proclamation from Yahuwah to lie on his side for 390 days and 40 days, equaling 430 days. So we'll start here, fourth month, right? So <clears throat> the fifth month, one month has passed, 30 days. The sixth month, two months have passed, 60 days. The seventh month, three months have passed, 90 days. The eighth month, four months have, have passed, 120 days. The ninth month, five months have elapsed, 150 days. The tenth month, six months have elapsed, 180 days. The eleventh month, seven months have elapsed, 210 days. The twelfth month, eight months have elapsed, 240 days. We're going to add a thirteenth month this year. Nine months have elapsed, 270 days. The first month, 10 months have elapsed, 300 days. The second month, 11 months have elapsed, 330 days. The third month, 12 months have elapsed, 360 days. The fourth month, 13 months have passed, 390 days. The fifth month, 14 months have elapsed, 420 days. This would be, so that's, this would be the marking of the 420th day. This would be the last day of him laying around. Then the sixth month comes around. On this date, according to Ezekiel 8.1, Ezekiel was sitting in his house, visiting with the elders of Judah. He had completed lying on both sides one week earlier. I hope that makes sense. It is my understanding at this time that Ezekiel the priest was acquainted with a lunar solar, solar calendar that consists of using the sun, moon, and stars as witnesses to the timepiece. Blessings and shalom. So, now, so hopefully that makes sense to you. Um, let me close some of these tabs. Uh, we're going to use that again. Oh, okay. So, 
Um, I hope that makes sense to you as far as the possibility of the 13th month or the existence of a 13th month. Uh, chapter 75. And the leaders of the heads of the thousands who are placed over the whole creation and over all the stars have also to do with the four inner calorie days being inseparable from their office according to the reckoning of the year. And these render service on the four days which are not reckoned in the reckoning of the year. And owing to them, men go wrong therein. For those luminaries truly render service on the world stations, one in the first portal, one in the third portal of heaven, and one in the fourth portal, and one in the sixth portal. And the exactness of the year is accomplished through its separate 364 stations. For the signs of the times and the years and the days the angel Uriel showed me, whom Yahuwah of glory has set forever over all the luminaries of the heaven, in the heaven and in the world, that they should rule on the face of the heaven and be seen on the earth and be leaders for the day and the night, the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all the ministering creatures which make the revolution in all the chariots of heaven. So another witness that we have to use all the luminaries to do so. And it's interesting because uh, last year we talked about this in one of our videos um, because last year, 2021, uh, the calendar that I understand I added the 13th month that year, Whereas um, the way Judaism does it with the Hillel calendar, they did not. And what we were able to show was that because we added the 13th month that year, it was the correct year. The sun was in the proper constellation during the time of the Feast of Trumpets as a sign with the woman uh, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, which happens is supposed to happen every Feast of Trumpets. Um, if you want to take a look at that, I believe that's here. If you want to learn a little bit more about using the stars as a witness as well, we need to look at the calendar right here. The calendar playlist. Um, we have it right here. Feast of Trumpets 2021, September 7th or October 7th. Um, and here also, if you want a shorter, more concise understanding of the calendar, uh, we prepared that for you here last year, the calendar calculating the feast days. Um, so oh, may that bless you. Okay, excuse me. All right, finishing uh, chapter or 75, verse 4. In like manner, 12 doors Uriel showed me open in the circumference of the sun's chariot in heaven, through which the rays of the sun break forth, and from them is warmth diffused over the earth when they are opened at their appointed seasons. And for the winds and the spirit of the dew, when they are open, standing open in the heavens of the earth, the, I'm sorry, standing open in the heavens at the ends, as for the twelve portals in the heaven at the ends of the earth, out of which goes forth the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the works of heaven in the east and in the west, there are many windows open to the left and to the right of them. And one window at its appointed season produces warmth corresponding as these do to those doors from which the stars come forth according as he has commanded them. And wherein they set corresponding to their number. And I saw chariots in the heaven running in the world above those portals in which revolve the stars that never set. And one is larger than all the rest. And it is that that makes its course through the entire world. One thing I uh, didn't get a chance to explain earlier is and we we go in depth uh, with this in the calendars uh, teaching here, but uh, we have it here. There's also a um, there's a uh, argument. Uh, there's a disagreement of when to actually do the thirteenth month, and the Jews on the Hillel calendar have a set nineteen year cycle of when they um, add the thirteenth month. Now. This this Hillel calendar, this this 
standard method that they use uh, wasn't employed until I think it was the fourth century. Uh, prior to this, Hillel himself and even those before would add the thirteenth month when the new moon. So the, the the new moon that was supposed to come to start the first month of the year, when it came before the sun crossed into this uh, the equator, the equinox. So let's say the sun was here and the new moon comes, then let me tell you what, we'll show you. I'll show you real time. Pretty sure I can show you this here. Give me just a moment. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, this was last year, 2021. This is last year, 2021. And what I'm going to show you here, we'll put the uh, equatorial. Okay, here we go. This is the equator. So this will show us. So this line here represents. Oh, I'm not even showing it to you. I'm still over here. How funny. Okay, so what we're so keep in mind this fourth line here. I'm so sorry. I thought I was showing you Stellarium this whole time. Okay, so this line that you're looking at right here represents uh, the fourth gate, the equator, or the spring equinox. So last year, the new moon came. So here's the moon. Looking all fancy in the sky here. That's the new moon. That was to start the month. However, the sun had not crossed the equator. And you'll, you'll notice that as the days go forth, the sun crosses the equator right and so that's why this was last year was the year that we added the 13th month and so here this will give you an accurate representation here let me back up here so here you'll so here are the days so you see as the days the sun is basically getting closer it gets higher in the sky because it's closer and here we're getting close to summer June, July, see how it slows down, and then it starts moving fast again. These are going through the gates. Alright, so now we're coming to fall equinox, and now the sun's going down because it's further away, further away. This is perspective of, uh, I don't know where Romesville is, but it's... Let's do... Uh, So, so this is getting close to this out November, December, and it's its lowest point, and then it's coming back up. So now the sun is coming back. See how fast it's moving. So now spring equinox.
Getting towards the summer solstice. And it hangs out in the sixth gate for two months. That's why it slows down. And then it comes back out. And it just repeats the same thing. Any case, I was showing you this Delarium. I was showing you this. Because I wanted to show you how we calculate the 13th month. So the sun had not crossed over the fourth gate yet. But then, of course, next month, because we added a 13th month, um, here, where's the moon? Yeah, so this is, so you can see here, we added, we added a 13th month. So next time around, so this is April 13th, the new moon was in the sky. That new moon sliver was in the sky. And the sun was well past the, uh, had crossed over the fourth gate. And so, <clears throat> long story short, uh, what history showed us is that Hillel uh, had understood that the Sanhedrin was going to be disbanded and there was going to be no more opportunity for them to uh, have control of this. And so they just did like a, uh, a cut and paste method that is uh, right a lot of times, but can be wrong from time to time. And we'll see here, uh, this is from Antolius of Alexandria. This is from the Antinician uh, volume. This is uh, all the writings before the, the Council of Nicaea, before all the truth was completely hid. So let's read this. For it was also known to the Jews of old and before Messiah, and it was most carefully observed by them. And this may be learned from what Philo and Josephus and Moses have written, and not only from these, but indeed from others still more ancient, namely the two Agathobli, I'm sorry if I messed up your name, who were surnamed the Masters, and the eminent Aristobulus, who was one of the 70 who translated the sacred and holy scriptures of the Hebrews for Ptolemy. So these are the, he was uh, uh, one of the ones that did the Septuagint. Philadelphus and his father and dedicated his exegetical, I'm sorry, exegetical, sorry, I never said I was, I was a, uh, a genius, uh, books on the Torah of Moshe to the same kings. These writers, in solving some questions which are raised with respect to Exodus, say that all alike ought to sacrifice the Passover after the vernal equinox in the middle of the first month. And that it is found to be when the sun passes through the first segment of the solar, or as some among them have named it, the zodiacal circle. They, what they're talking about is when the sun passes the fourth gate. But this Aristobulus also adds that for the feast of Passover, it was necessary not only that the sun should pass through the equinoctial segment, but the moon also. For as there are two equinoctial segments, the vernal and the autumnal, these diametrically opposite to each other. And since the day of Passover is fixed for the 14th day of the month in the evening, the moon will have the position diametrically opposite the sun, uh, as is to be seen in full moons. So that also lets you know that you know, even before the time of Messiah and during the time of Messiah, um, that the full moon was mid-month. And I say this because there's some teachings going around that the full moon is the new moon, the beginning of the month. Uh, which I'll show you a little bit later is I don't believe is correct. So this lets you know that on Passover the moon will be full because it's the mid month, and the sun will thus be in the segment of the vernal equinox, and the moon necessarily will be at the autumnal equinox. But that the first month among the Hebrews is about the equinox is clearly shown also by what is taught in the book of Enoch. Kind of interesting, 
Interesting, isn't it? So, <clears throat> that was chapter 75 we just read. It was mostly just about the, uh, the four intercalary days. Uh, we're going to skip 76. 76, uh, talking, we, we talked about this in great detail in the four winds. Um, let's see, which, which one was it? Um, yeah, right here. This is part 10, the four winds and the horsemen of Revelation. Also, the seven mountains um, for this chapter and so for 76 and for 77. So it's time about the quarters, the four quarters of the winds. We talked about this a lot. And so just to stay on topic today, uh, we're skipping this chapter and 77. Uh, this is talking about the seven mountains, which I just explained was here in part 6. The seven mountains, we really dove into this heavily uh, chapter 77 so uh, we're not going to um, go over this again today so we're going to stay on topic for the calendar all right so now for 78 we're going to get some definitions uh, some clearer definitions of the new moon uh, and the three phases of the moon and the names of the sun are the following the first Ojares and the second Tomas and the moon has four names the first the name is Asonja the second Ebla, the third Benassa, and the fourth Arae. These are the two great luminaries. Their circumference is like the circumference of heaven, and the size of the circumference is both is alike. In the circumference of the sun, there are seven portions of light which are added to it more than the sun of the, than the than the moon, so it's seven times brighter. And in definite measures, it is transferred till the seventh portion of the sun is exhausted. And they set and enter the portals of the west and make their revolution by the north and come forth through the eastern portals on the face of heaven. So this is, again, what we're talking about here. They both make this circular circuit. And when the moon, <clears throat> listen, and when the moon rises, one fourteenth part appears in heaven. The light becomes full on her on the fourteenth day. She accomplishes her light. So she's full on the fourteenth day. Um, and 15 parts of light are transferred to her till the 15th day when her light is accomplished. So her light is made full or accomplished on the 15th day according to the sign of the year, and she becomes 15 parts, and the moon grows by the addition of 14 parts. And in her waning, so this was talking about becoming full. Now it's talking about her waning, and in her waning, the moon decreases on the first day, not on the first day of the month, but the first day of waning to the 14th parts of light, on the second to 13 parts of light, on the third to 12, on the fourth to 11, on the fifth to 10, on the sixth to nine, on the seventh to eight, on the eighth to seven, on the ninth to six, on the 10th to five, on the 11th to four, on the 12th to three, to three, on the 13th to two, on the 14th to a half of the seventh, and all her remaining light disappears wholly on the 15th day of waning, not 15th day of the month, but on the 15th day of waning. And in certain months, the month has 29 days and once 28. And Uriel showed me another law for the moon, when light is transferred to the moon and on which side it is transferred to her by the sun during all the period during which the moon is growing in her light she is transferring it to herself when opposite to the sun during 14 days her light is accomplished in heaven and when she is illuminated throughout her light is accomplished full in heaven so accomplishing her light right on the, on the, on the, on the during the 14th day during the 14 days sorry is when she becomes full and on the first day she is called new moon for on that day the light rises upon her and just to remind you of what rising is what we, we define this in enoch 73 438 and thus she rises so again we're talking about 
On the first day, she is called new moon, for on the day light rises upon her. Let's define rising. So, and thus she rises on her first phase in the east, comes forth on the 30th morning, and on that day she becomes visible. So on the new moon, she becomes visible. So when she rises, she becomes visible and constitute for you the first phase of the moon on the 30th day together with the sun in the portal when the sun rises. So the 30th day is obviously the end. So as it's going from the end, it's transitioning from its last phase to its, to its first phase. She becomes visible and constitutes to you the first phase of the moon. Now here, and on the half of her goes forth by a seventh part and her whole circumference is empty so the light is empty without light with the exception of one-seventh part of it and the 14th part of her light. So one-fourteenth part of light. So that's that little sliver I was sharing with you on Stellarium. So and on that first day, she is called new moon. For on that day, light rises upon her. And we just defined rising, which is that first visible sliver. She becomes full moon on the day exactly when the sun sets in the west. And from the east, she rises at night. So every time when it's full, you'll have... The sun setting um, on the east and the moon rising in the west. They're exactly opposite each other. And from the east she rises at night and the moon shines the whole night through till the sun rises over against her and the moon is seen over against the sun. On the side whence the light of the moon comes forth, there again she wanes till all the light vanishes and all the days of the month are at an end and her circumference is empty, void of light. And... <clears throat> Again, no contention. But for those of you that are saying that the full moon is the new moon or the beginning of the month, this verse in love completely dismantles that. Let's read this again slowly together. Um, here we go. She wanes all till all the light vanishes and all the days of the month are an end and her circumference is empty, void of light. So what this is saying is when the moon becomes empty with no light, that's the last day of the month. And I'll also share this for those of you that are, you know, would say that the new moon or the first day of the month is the conjunction. Well, the conjunction is this part right here where the circumference is empty, void of light. That's actually the last day of the month. And Enoch just shared with us that the first day of the month is that first visible sliver. And three months she makes of 30 days, and at her time she makes three months of 29 days each, in which she accomplishes her waning in the first period of time, and in the first portal for 177 days. In the time of her going out, she appears for three months of 30 days each, and for three months she appears of 29 days each. At night she appears like a man for 29, 20 days at each time, and by day she appears like the heaven, and there is nothing else in her save her light. And this lets you know why we can see the moon during the daytime. It lets you know here that there is nothing in her save her light. So it's literally like a light bulb in the heaven. And that's why you can see the moon during the daytime sometimes. You know, science will teach us that the moon reflects the light of the sun, which is really impossible. If you look at the phases of the moon, it's actually quite ridiculous. And I think most of us are smart enough to know that, you know, you know, if you shine a light on, you know, like, you know, dirt or sand or rock, it's because that's what they believe. They, they believe the moon is something that people landed on and actually walked on, which I believe is completely a hoax. Um, and if, if, you know, that doesn't make any sense to you, I would highly recommend uh, this video here. It's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. Um, kind of busts wide open the whole moon landing. Uh, totally false. Um, but anyways, the moon itself has her own light. And that's why you can even look at videos where um, they can detect that the moon has a cold light where the sun has a warm light. And that's why 
certain plants only grow by moonlight and not by sunlight. Uh, it's just really this book really just dismantles a lot of man-made teachings that are contrary to the word of Yah. So, any case, um, just wanted to share some some thoughts on that. Uh, Seventy nine. And now, my son, I have showed you everything in the Torah, the law of all the stars of the heaven is completed. And so the stars play a role, too. I was sharing with you earlier, um, and I'll see if I can maybe show that to you as well, how the stars play a role as well. Let me share that with you really quickly, because I believe it's a combination of the sun, moon, and the stars. Let's go to um, this past Feast of Trumpets. Uh, here we go. So, here, okay, so this, let's see, let's see if we can do this. So this was, this was the Feast of Trumpets for the majority of the world. And what's interesting is what we've learned is if it's properly calculated, every year on the Feast of Trumpets, uh, the woman will be clothed with the sun and the moon will be under her feet. So remember, if I told you last year, uh, we added the 13th month, but the Hillel calendar did not. So you actually had the sun in Leo. But if we added a 13th month that year, well, then the sun is accurately, right? Sun is accurately in Virgo, the Virgin. And this is how it's supposed to be every year. And so we can also use the, the, the stars as a proper calculation. We have more on that. Uh, we, we discuss more of that here in this calendar video. It's only an hour, 17 minutes long and in here. So right now in, in this Enoch presentation or discussion or teaching, whatever you want to call it, we're going over all the pieces. And we were able to take all those pieces and fit this into a how we calculate the, the feast days calendar video right there. Now, my son, I have shown you everything. The law of all the stars under the heaven is completed. And he showed for me all the laws for these every day and for every season of bearing rule and for every year and for its going forth and for the order prescribed to it every month and every week and the waning of the moon, which takes place in the sixth portal. For in this sixth portal, her light is accomplished. And after that, there is the beginning of the waning. So just remember, just to, just to, um, one more time, we believe that the calendar is operated using the sun as the primary luminary. Without the sun, you've got nothing, right? Using the sun for days. Because if you use the sun for days, then you can accurately have weeks, then you can have months, you can have years. But we believe the sun primarily is for the days. But it doesn't matter if you believe in a sunrise to sunrise or sunset to sunset. You need the sun for a day. The moon is for the months and the years. And the stars is the witness. The stars are the witnesses to the calendar being operated um, accurately, in my opinion. And the waning which takes place in the first portal in its season till 177 days are accomplished, reckoning to the weeks, 25 weeks and two days, she falls behind the sun and the order of the stars exactly five days in the course of one period. So that's half a year. And when this place uh, which you see has been traversed, such as the picture and the sketch of every luminary which Uriel the archangel, who is our leader, showed unto me. All right, uh, let's see how we're doing on time. Oh, I didn't go back to, 
I apologize. Ah. So that last chapter I did not read for you with uh, on screen, so I hope that's okay. So here we are. Sorry. Chapter 80. And in those days the angel Uriel answered and said to me, Behold, I have shown you everything, Enoch, and I have revealed everything to you that you should see the sun and the moon and the leaders of the stars of heaven and all those who turn them, their tasks and times and departures. So again, it's just continuing to show that all of these luminaries have to be used. And in the days of the sinners, the years shall be shortened. And I believe this is what Yahushua was talking about. In those days, uh, the days shall be shortened. And I believe this is the time of the Great Tribulation um, when New Jerusalem is here and the beast comes against the kingdom. And their seed shall be tardy on their lands and fields and all things on the earth shall alter and shall not appear in their time. And the rain shall be kept back and the heaven shall withhold it. And in those times, the fruits of the earth shall be backward and shall not grow in their time. And the fruits of the tree shall be withheld in their time. And the moon shall alter her order and not appear at her time. Some people say this is happening now, but I don't, I don't agree. And in those days the sun shall be seen, and he shall journey in the evening on the extremity of the great chariot in the west, and shall shine more brightly than the accords with the order of light. Here, once again, this is where we have alterations to the text. And I'd like to read this for you uh, correctly. The moon shall change its laws and shall not be seen in its proper period. But in those days heaven shall be seen. I, I understand heaven in this text to be New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem shall be seen. And so I was saying earlier that I don't believe that these things will happen in the days of the sinners, the years shall be shortened. The, the days of the sinners is the is also known as a tribulation of the sinners. It's not the tribulation of the righteous. It's the tribulation of the sinners. The righteous will have been gathered into New Jerusalem. Uh, and this is where the nations come against New Jerusalem, being the alien or outside threat. This is when the weather will be ridiculous. This is when there'll be drought and famine and starvation and war and hunger. And it'll be the worst time in history. But the scriptures, the prophets have prophesied that his righteous will be gathered into the tabernacle, into his pavilion. They'll be, she'll be hid and sheltered from these things. But anyway, I just want to show you here that uh, in those days the sun shall be seen. That's, that's not true. It says, um, in those days heaven shall be seen, and barrenness shall take place in the borders of the great chariots in the west. Heaven shall shine more than when illuminated by the orders of light, while many chiefs among the stars of the authority shall err, perverting their ways and their works. Those shall not appear in their season who commanded them, and all the classes of the stars shall be shut up against the sinners. The thoughts of those who dwell on the earth shall transgress within them, and they shall be perverted in all their ways. They shall transgress and think themselves as gods, while evil shall be multiplied among them, and punishment shall come upon them, so that all of them shall be destroyed. This is book, uh, uh, book of Enoch, chapter 80 of the Ethiopian. And so we'll just read this in the RH trials. And many chiefs of the stars shall transgress the order prescribed, and he shall alter their orbits and tasks, and not appear to seasons prescribed to them. Right now, everything is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And the whole order of the stars shall be concealed from the sinners. That's also actually, I think, how we know when tribulation actually starts, because people say we're, uh, you know, we're actually in tribulation, we're in this seal or in that seal. I don't believe any of that. I believe everything just happens at one, at one time, and that's when we'll see the sun that says the, you know, all the order of the sun, the moon, the stars will all be changed. Right now, it's not. The seasons are coming at their time. So, summer is coming when summer is supposed to come. Winter is when winter is supposed to come. All these things will be out of whack in the time of the sinners of the Great Tribulation. And the whole order of the stars shall be concealed from the sinners, and the thoughts of those on the earth shall err concerning them. And they shall be altered from all their ways. Yea, they shall err and take them to be gods, and evil shall be multiplied upon them. 
and punishment shall come upon them so as to destroy all. If you want to learn more about this part right here, uh, we really went in depth on this with uh, Enoch and the the four winds and the horsemen. Basically, uh, right here, when <clears throat> all this starts, basically all the operations of heaven, the sun, the moon, the stars, the wind, the dew, the clouds, the rain, everything is completely goes out of whack and this is when the earth basically destroys itself through famine through plague through drought through all these different things so if you want to learn more about that i would highly recommend that chapter 81 and he said to me observe enoch these heavenly tablets and read what is written thereon and mark every individual fact and i observed the heavenly tablets and read everything which was written thereon and understood everything and read the book of all the deeds of mankind and of all the children of flesh that shall be upon the earth to the remotest generations and forthwith i blessed the great yahuwah the king of glory forever and that he has made all the works of the world and i extolled yahuwah because of his patience oh, praise yah and blessed him because of the children of men and after that, I said, Blessed is the man who dies in righteousness and goodness, concerning whom there is no book of unrighteousness written, and against whom no day of judgment shall be found. And this is probably one of the most important verses we'll read tonight. I believe Abba will have as patience with us as we learn the calendar and, and, and grow in these things. But really, what's really important, what's more important, a hierarchy of importance, is walking in righteousness. I don't diminish a, a bit that we should try to find the right calendar. I don't. But again, if we're destroying each other or we're not walking in righteousness, I mean, if you get the calendar right and you're walking in unrighteousness, you're not getting in. And all that calendar discussion doesn't matter. Walking in righteousness is. Blessed is the man who dies in righteousness and goodness. We are righteous by the blood of Messiah. And we continue to walk in righteousness as he walked, according to the commandments, according to the Torah. And in those, uh, and those seven holy ones, the seven archangels, brought me and placed me on the earth before the door of my house and said to me, Declare everything to your son Methuselah and show to all your children that no flesh is righteous in the sight of Yahuwah, for he is their creator. One year we will leave you without your son till you give your last commands that you may teach your children and you record it for them and testify to all your children. And in the second year they shall take you from their midst. Let your heart be strong, for the good shall announce righteousness to the good. The righteous with the righteous shall rejoice and shall offer congratulation to one another. What a day that would be. What if we are able to enter New Jerusalem and give congratulations to each other? But the sinners shall die with the sinners and apostate go down with the apostate. And those who practice righteousness shall die on account of the deeds of men and be taken away on account of the doings of the godless. And in those days they ceased to speak with me and I came to my people blessing Yahuwah of the world. One more chapter and we are... Uh, finished with today's study. All right, 82. And now, my son Methuselah, all these things I am recounting to you and writing down for you, and I have revealed to you everything and given you books concerning all these. So preserve, my son Methuselah, the books from your father's hand and see that you deliver them to the generations of the world. I have given wisdom to you and to your children and to your children and that shall be to you, that they may give it to their children for generations, this wisdom, namely, that passes their thought. And those who understand it shall sl shall not sleep, right? Not like slumber, like not like going to bed, but like, you know, asleep at the wheel. But shall listen with the ear that they may learn this wisdom, and it shall please those that eat thereof better than good food. I often say that food is the nourishment and sustaining of our bodies, physical bodies, these physical tabernacles. But his word is nourishment for our soul, for the ruach in us. 
Blessed are all the righteous. Blessed are all those who walk in the way of righteousness. And what's that? Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law, the Torah of Yahuwah. So blessed are all the righteous. Blessed are all those who walk in the way of righteousness and sin not as the sinners. And look, I'll show you how much that makes sense. Whoever, whoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And sin not as the sinners in the reckoning of all their days in which the sun traverses the heavens. So remember... Remember, the sun traverses. Sun traverses the heaven, entering into and departing from the portals for thirty days, with the heads of thousands of the order of the stars, together with the four which are intercalated, which divide the four portions of the year, which lead them and enter with them four days. Owing to them, men shall be at fault and not reckon them in the whole reckoning of the year. Yea, men shall be at fault and not recognize them accurately. For they belong to the reckoning of the year and are truly recorded thereon forever. One in the first portal, and one in the third, and one in the fourth, and one in the sixth. And the year is completed in 364 days. Uh, I think we have a alternate. Let's see. Yeah. With respect to the progress of the sun in heaven, it enters and goes out of each gate for 30 days. With the leaders of the thousands, with the class of the stars, with four which are added, and it appertains to the four quarters of the year, which conduct them and accompany them at four periods. Respecting these, men greatly err, and do not calculate them in the calculation of every age. For they greatly err respecting them, nor do men accurately, no, I'm sorry, nor do men know accurately that they are in the calculation of the year, but indeed these are marked down forever, one in the first gate, one in the third, one in the fourth, and one in the sixth. <clears throat> and the account thereof is accurate, and the recorded reckoning thereof exact. For the luminaries and months and festivals and years and days has Uriel shown and revealed to me, to whom Yahuwah of the whole creation and of the whole world had subjected the host of heaven and he has power over night and the day in the heaven to cause the light to give light to men sun moon and stars and all the powers of the heaven which revolve in their circular chariots and these are the orders of the stars which set in their places and in their seasons and in their festivals and in their months and these are the names of those who lead them who watch they enter in at their times and their orders and their seasons and their months and their periods of dominion and in their positions we'll actually read that in just a second an alternate version for what we just read truly has been stated and accurately has been calculated that which is marked down for the luminaries the months the fixed periods the years the days uriel has explained to me and again this is just final confirmation that it's luminaries plural for the calculation and communicated to me whom yahuwah of all creation on my account commanded according to the might of heaven and the power which it possesses both by night and by day to explain the laws of light to man of the sun the moon and the stars and of all the powers of heaven which are turned with their respective orbs this is the ordinance of the stars which set in their places in their seasons in their periods in their months and in um, in their days and their months that was enoch 72 7 through 8 there so back to uh all right charles version verse 11 therefore leaders who divide the four parts of the year enter first and after them the 12 leaders of the orders who divide the months and for the 360 days, there are heads over thousands who divide the days. And for the four intercalary days, there are the leaders which sunder the four parts of the year. And these heads over thousands are intercalated between leader and leader, each behind a station, but their leaders make the division. And these are the names of the leaders who divide the four parts of the year, which are ordained. Milkiel, Halimelech, Melial, and Narel. And the names of those who lead them 
Ardnarel, I'm sorry, Adnarel, and Eusahel, and Elomeel. These three follow the leaders of the orders, and there is one that follows the three leaders of the orders, which follow those leaders of the stations that divide the four parts of the year. So this is just like we've talked about before, how you know certain angels of different classes have different jobs. In the beginning of the year, Melchiel rises in the first and rules, who is named Tamaini in the sun. All the days of his dominion, whilst he bears rule, are 91 days. So this is talking about spring. And these are the signs of the days which are to be seen on the earth in days of his dominion. Sweat, heat, calms. And all the trees bear fruit, and leaves are produced on all the trees, and the harvest of wheat, and the rose flowers, and all the flowers which come forth in the field, but the trees of the winter season become withered. And this is interesting because this is, this is describing spring, uh, and this just goes to show you that Shavuot should actually be um, in spring still, not in summer. And the reason that I say that is because um, there's a certain believers that believe that we're supposed to count seven weeks, seven Sabbaths, so 49 days, and, and then add 50 more days on top of that, which puts you way into uh, into summer. But the harvest of wheat is actually supposed to be in spring. So it's supposed to be really 50 days from first fruits, not 49 days plus 50 days. Uh, 17. And these are the names of the leaders which are under them. Berkael, Zelebsil, and another who is added ahead of a thousand called Halujasef. And the days of the dominion of this leader are at an end. The next leader after him is Halimelech, whom one names the shining sun. And all the days of his light are 91 days. This is the summer. And in the, these are the signs of his days on the earth. Glowing heat and dryness. The trees ripen their fruits and produce all their fruits ripe and ready. And the sheep pair and become pregnant. And all the fruits of the earth are gathered in and everything that is in the fields. And the winepress, these, thing these things take place in the days of his dominion. So in summer. These are the names of the orders and the leaders of those heads of thousands. Gedajial, Ke'el, Ha'el, and the name of the head of a thousand which is added to them, Asphael, and the days of his dominion are at an end. So with that, brothers and sisters, this is the conclusion of the book of the Courses of the Heavenly Luminaries. Um, I pray that um, I explained it in a way that is understandable. There's more to be discussed in, um, I might be doing another updated um, calendar video. Uh, but if you have more questions, uh, again, take a look at the uh, calendar playlist that I shared with you earlier. Um, it's really a condensed version of what we just discussed here, more focused on the practical application of the calendar. Today, we really just talked about the uh, moving parts of the calendar, and I would highly recommend, I'll try to leave a link for the, in the description box and in the comment below um, if you want to show how this is all condensed and how this calendar really does work. Um, so, in any case, um, I pray this blessed you. I pray that um, the, this was presented in a manner that was not contentious uh, or argumentative. Um, but I do think it's important. But again, not the, not at the expense of our fellowship, our brotherhood, um, and our love for Messiah, love for our Father through His Son Messiah Yahusha, and walking in the commandments of the Torah. So, blessings to you. Let's pray, <clears throat> Father Yahuwah. We just come before you and thank you for allowing us to study together, to grow together, Father. Um, I just pray that this study would um, help open eyes and ears. And um, if there's anything incorrect about what I presented today, Father, I pray that you'd uh, help me and show me. Uh, if not, I pray that this would be a blessing to those and uh, a good, uh, good instruction for those who want to uh, walk in the calendar uh, correctly. Uh, Father, we love you and bless you. In Messiah Yahushua's name, we thank you for the Shabbat and all of your appointed times, Father. I pray that we uh, come to your appointments on the right day. In Messiah Yahushua's name, hallelujah. 
blessings to you brothers and sisters uh we'll end with maybe uh just a song or two and um glad to be back doing enoch with you shabbat shalom what are we gonna play here what are we gonna play let's do Blessed are you, Yahweh Sabaoth. You gave us of your son so we could have hope. Taught us how to walk in spirit and in truth. He is the vine to him we bear fruit. Your words are Desire with every single beat Your Torah inside us Commandments we know Till that creature fall We wait until it's blown When you said Seeking my face My heart said unto you Your face will I see And sound that shofar And go the shout Sing you praises, praises to our King, and clap your hands, all His people, and sing with joy to our Elohim. We're at the end, and surely we know the world is filled with lies, vanities, and woes. Seek him turning to his way, leaving Babylonia who should don't delay. Pocket of his people, his doctrine drops his rain. Keeping the commandments lest you walk in vain. His Torah is no burden, no matter what you're told. Sweeter than honey and worth more than gold. When you said, seeking my face, my heart said unto you. Your face will I see And sound that shofar And go with the shout We'll sing you praises Praises to our King And clap your hands All His people And sing with joy To our And is chosen to him we belong Worthy is the lamb for he was slain Made us kings and priests by him we shall reign Open ye the gates for those that keep the truth You'll give us lasting peace on minds that stayed on you Striving to shine bright like your menorah Walking in the way, the truth, your Torah